Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 65. Yes. Okay. 65. So. And it's National Podcast Day. It is National Well, podcast. the day that we're recording. Yes. Correct. That's true. You're right. Good but point. that's exciting. It is exciting. National Podcast Day. We're getting a podcast out and it all fell on the right day. <laughs> right. So today. Today. We're going to jump straight into it. We're not going to well, lollygag. I mean, we kind of. We've been lollygagging a lot lately. Right. We have. So this concept that we're talking about today, if you've listened to our uh, show for any amount of time, I think you're going to hear a lot of stuff that sounds pretty familiar, but we've never actually done a full episode on this topic. And that's crazy. Why is that so crazy? Well, it is crazy because, well... It is a major pillar of our show. Like we have three pillars and this is one of the three pillars. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and ra- uh, rattle off the pillars. Rattle. Tom. Okay, Chris. Well, number one is spouse over your kids. And that's why you already know that this is what you're listening to. Is I was hoping you'd use that for number three. Why you should so put the spouse over your kids. The... I don't even know what our pillars are. <laughs> what are our pillars? Spouse over kids. What? I don't remember. Do you remember? Do I not? Wait. It's oh my goodness. This is just garbage. Okay. Spouse over kids is one. The other is uh thriving through every season of life. Which and filling your cup. And filling your cup. Gosh. So here's what you know what is interesting about you know what's interesting about us not knowing that is what's funny is we haven't brought them up in a really freaking long time. Yeah, clearly. It's I you know, part of me, my pride wants to say we're going to edit that part out. But we're not. But the authentic... Uh, the authenticity of you? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't Wait, snort twice. This. Do I'm not snort twice. The authenticity side, the authentic side of myself wants to say, you know what? We didn't plan to say, here's our three pillars and boo, 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 boo. We and not. we don't usually talk about them in that regard. So and, yeah, that was hard. And you know what that made us do? Lollygag. That made us lollygag. That's fine. <laughs> what the heck? Okay. We're just normal people here, guys. Let's get into this. All right. One of the most powerful of the three pillars of our show, which will fill re- your cup first, thrive through every season of life, and, and spouse over kids. Spouse over kids. And honestly, thriving through every season, when we put that together, we were really thriving in that oh, season. We were killing it. And it's hard for me to even like put that one in there now because it's not. Possible. I mean, I guess I really thrive with being happy and joyful. And yeah. I mean, if you listen to episode 64, you know, we've been going through it lately. So yeah. I don't know, like, are we thriving? Well, I think what's important is that we're committed to thriving through every season of life. That's true. Because here's the thing. Even if we're in a state of feeling like we're in survival or we're in a state of just feeling like things are off, we're still committed to crawling out of that. And so it is still important for Fair. us to And what's also important is the other pillar, which is spouse over kids. Now, do not turn this off if you hear that and you're like, okay, that's ridiculous. I know I've seen in a lot of moms groups, I've seen this debate on does the husband or do the kids come first? And I see, you know, there's a lot of memes and quotes and things out there. People saying like, oh no, like kids, kids all the way. Like they, they didn't choose to come into this world. Like they're your kids. They come first, yada, yada, yada. If you hear that and it makes your blood boil, makes your stomach drop a little, or you're kind of like, eh, no, I don't, I don't think I even want to hear this. Just listen, please. Because I've been there 
Yes, and what you're referring to is is if you hear spouse over kids and it makes your blood boil, not if you hear if you hear others saying that spouse is over or that kids over spouse is okay. Because that's what it made it sound like. Wait, what? Maybe I'm just the one that got confused, but yeah. neither here nor there. Basically, here, I'll, I'll attach a story to it. So when I was pregnant with Lola, or maybe I just had her, our first L1, first of four, uh, I saw somebody share an article about why their husband came before their kid. And I remember instantly like feeling mad. And like I'm one of those people where I, I try not to, but things like that just – instantly like it affects my mood and i always tell chris i'm like i don't know why i'm letting other people's opinions that i don't agree with affect my mood so strongly but it did and now looking back i can kind of understand why but it's because i thought well no like no my like my kid what my baby comes first like she needs me like she loves me unconditionally she she needs me for every single thing like oh i love her so much how could i ever put chris first like like he's, he's hurts me. She doesn't hurt me, you know? Right. Right. Well, a lot of people, and we've mentioned on the show in prior episodes, but a lot of, usually I would say women are the ones who struggle with this one because again, yeah, it's, it's look, there's this unconditional love in the child you've brought into this world. They haven't hurt you, like you said. And, and as, as, things have shifted in your life from different identities, from, you know, mom or from, from every season of your life all the way to being a mom and having kids and then your body changing, all these different things are happening and changing. And truthfully, yeah, you have this kid as like, almost like your, almost like your sanctuary. Yeah. It's like your prize after you get through all that stuff. Like, yeah, my body's all torn up and everything is weird, but like, look how much this baby loves. And then dad becomes (laughs) chopped liver. Yeah, I remember somebody actually telling me they're like, "Hey, when that when you have that baby, you're gonna hate your husband." And I was like, "No, I'm not." I'm like, "I did not like you for a little while." Oh no, it was hate. <laughs> it was not hate. It was, it was, it was not hate. But hate. but anyways, what my whole point in telling that story is, I get it. I didn't just like hop into marriage. Like, yeah, my husband always comes first. Like, it, it was a very polarizing. Like, make thing. me a sandwich type thing but yeah no it was a very polar i did make you a sandwich today it was a very polarizing thing for me to see somebody say my my husband comes before my kids because first of all growing up that's not how it was in my family i was like you know the kid like the kid like it revolved around me and what i needed and what i wanted my sister needed and wanted and like our needs came first and i think the thought was out of love it was very much so like they're only going to be little for a little while. We brought them into this world. Look how much they love us and we love them. And this is our, this is like my project almost, yeah. you know, I yeah. feel like a lot of parents treat the kids that way. Like this is our, this is our project and we got to cling to it. No, I think that's, I almost said no. Yeah, but I didn't No, Yeah, no, no. I guess I would want to say yes. Yes. <laughs> you are right. I'm like, are you arguing with me and or are you, you agreeing make, with me? I'm confused. And you make a good point. So some of you listening might be wondering, how did you guys even come up with this concept, this pillar, this powerful pillar in your marriage and what you're kind of sharing on your podcast? Well, there are two things in my mind, and maybe you can add on to this, Jonna. The two things are this. So number one is you can gain a lot of data (laughs) from other people's marriages and relationships and where they started, the things they did, the habits, all of those things, and then seeing where they ended up. That's number one. True. Number two was a specific moment and epiphany that we both had collectively, uh, which if you want to refer back to episode number 14, um, that will give you a little hint into, into what that, well, 
I guess it wouldn't be a hint. I would just tell you what it is, right? So <laughs> yeah. episode number 14, we talk about, spoiler alert, um, we we talk about the one thing you can do to improve your marriage overnight. Right. And this one thing we did was we went on an overnight trip together. And so we talk about that in the episode, but briefly, the epiphany we had was we had an amazing night together. We were we were connecting. We were able to talk without interruption. Wait, what the, I'm going to interrupt you actually what? because you we got to reverse a little bit. I we didn't just say, "Hey, we should go on an overnight." Our marriage was in shambles at that time, pretty much. I yeah, mean, but isn't that an episode 14? Yeah, but okay, fair. Go ahead. But uh, that doesn't whatever. There's more detail in episode 14. I just want to say our marriage was like you know. Eh mediocre at best kids were definitely first we had two at this time and i had an epiphany moment of i was like oh i should go with chris on a trip right he was gonna go on a business trip you're right i don't want to give it all away but (laughs) but i was like i can just remember thinking like oh no i can't leave the girls like i don't want to leave them overnight i I would miss them or i would feel selfish like definitely a lot of um society a lot of social media people would make you feel selfish about taking yeah. time for yourself or for your spouse. And, and there's like, anxiety being, there's anxiety. The kids, yeah. Yeah. But understandable, but that was the first time that ever I was like, wait a second. If I go, this will make my spouse happy. And if he's happy and I'm happy and we're doing well, aren't we going to be better parents? Like, aren't we, isn't that better than, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like you think the kids aren't going to survive one night without you. Like I can remember being like, wait, they will live and they will probably be fine tomorrow when we get back i i always tell you play just play the odds right play the odds i mean for the most part they should be good nothing nothing will happen my mother has raised kids your mother has raised kids and they're only people who keep them overnight so exactly so point is we went on the trip again we cover a lot of that in episode 14 uh in regards to the story of it but we had such a great time and we connected and a lot of amazing amazing things happened one of which is I feel like I feel like it was kind of a moment. We were sitting at a bar in Pittsburgh and we were having some drinks, just kind of loosening up, enjoying ourselves. Stuff something we never yeah. did. You had like you never even we drank were, before that right, thing. Right. And we were and we were just flirting, you know, for yeah. the first time in a really long time. And um and I feel like our conversation just started to become um Kind of like it used to, right? Yeah. So we well, were, it was about us and not the business or yeah, the kids. Yeah. And then, and then, I guess it wasn't that exact moment that it was the epiphany, but maybe it was on the way home in the morning. Was it? Was it on the way home in the morning? What you mean after we had like a hot shower um, and a hot breakfast and an uninterrupted meal and other stuff? Uninterrupted other stuff too. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway. Anyway. Point is the epiphany we had throughout the trip. I guess I won't say it's a moment. I won't. I won't Hollywood it that much. But the epiphany we had on the way home was just like, oh my gosh, like we needed this so much. And the main component behind that was that we were putting each other first in that moment, hanging out together. There were no distractions of the kids. And so on the way home, and we were talking about this. Basically, what we decided was was to kind of shift the way we were living a little bit to be able to connect even at home with the kids. And the whole concept was like, you know, if I put you first and you put me first uh, and the kids saw that and knew that, and we could feel like this, I think things are going to be better. (laughs) Right. But like, here's the thing that's important because if you're not there 
don't feel any like shame or like, whoa, because it is a simple concept when you actually think about it. But we didn't think about it either because you're just in the, you're, you're just going through the motions, right? You're busy with work. You're busy with kids. You're busy with trying to figure out like we had, they were two under two. So, so figuring out just the constant chaos of loss of sleep and crying and diapers. And, you know, basically I felt like we were constantly passing the baton. Chris would get home from work and I'd be like, here, take one or help me or do something. And, um, you know, it's easy to not even think about this concept because you're going so fast with your day to day. And honestly, I don't know that it's something that's covered in every premarital session. Um, I just made me think of, so this girl actually recently messaged me on Instagram and here I want to read what she said because she had the same epiphany. Hold on. If I could find my phone. This part out here, talk for a second. My phone spoke. No, 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 no. No, I'm serious. I don't want to go. Yeah. Okay. So she just said, she's like, um, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. She said, How did I ever live without your podcast? We just started relationship counseling, and honestly, I'm not getting much out of it, and I don't think he is either. But now I think we should spend time each week listening to your podcast. Really, I'm listening to the first episode and thinking that we should know these things because some of it seems so common, like putting your spouse first before kids or anything anyone else but hearing it out loud I'm thinking oh crap that's a huge problem of mine so one I want to read that because obviously like it's so flattering for somebody to say like hey we're going to counseling yeah. but um this is Let actually much much more helpful <laughs> sorry we are having an option if you would on that note if you would like to pay for a babysitter for us go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash g-y-g-y-m sweetheart Yes, you may yeah, get a snack on your own. A million. Our three-year-old's going to go climb the counter and find herself a snack. No big deal. <laughs> We're putting each other first right now. <laughs> right. So but anyways, I wanted to share that because, like she said, this is something that is, it is a simple concept. Like, it, you would think it would be common knowledge, but until you hear it, and maybe you're that person right now that's hearing it for the first time, you're like, oh, wait a second. I don't feel what I would like to feel from my spouse, maybe this could be a contributor. So with that, one of the, one of our reasons for why you should put your spouse over your kids is that it's best for your kids. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely best for the kids. And I feel like it's almost important for us to realize that maybe because we don't know what's going on in your specific relationship, for us to say spouse over kids, we don't know your dynamics. So you may be, like Jonna said, a little bit on the defensive side, a little bit like confused or no, yeah, maybe that could work. Uh, but I guess if we if we help you understand and we continue to understand that if our motive is to realize that, man, our kids are going to have a better life if we have a better relationship you know what? That's okay <laughs> to to start there because I think I think the right fruits will produce from that. Yeah, I totally I totally agree because I feel like if you're the person who's saying no, my kids come first, like it's selfish not to put my kids first. Well, I think if you step back and really look and, and be and think forward here with me, which actually we also talked about this concept in episode 45 where we talk about would you wish the marriage that you have on your kids when you can think about that all the way into the future and realize well wait a second if my spouse and I have a 
if my spouse and I have a good, loving relationship, that's going to make my children, our children feel secure, right? If you come from a broken home, if you've come from a home where parents argued all the time, you can probably agree or that you did not feel that sense of security in your home, that that peacefulness, that security in your home. And if you come from parents that were very loving and did put each other first, I would venture to say you did feel a secureness, a security, a certainty that you were loved and your house was peaceful and you weren't, um, you probably didn't have childhood anxiety and all these things that I feel like a lot of kids are experiencing today. Yeah, I agree. My or wasn't that big of a deal. I was just saying you were talking about broken homes. You were talking about those things. But I think there's also a very huge percentage of just the uh, kind of like the lethargic couple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like, okay, cool. Dad went to work nine to five, came home, grabbed a beer, watched TV. Mom took care of the house. I never really saw them connect on a deep level, all that stuff. And so that's why in episode 45, we were really adamant about just being like, man, like we really do need to ask ourselves this question. Like, If we love our kids, a huge question we ask is what? I mean, I, I, would we wish our marriage on our kids? Yeah. I mean, what are we, te- what are we teaching them? That's good. Because even if, yeah, say your parents were together, but they weren't super lovey, but they also didn't argue all the time. How did you learn then as an adult now going through maybe marriage, probably marriage, if you're listening to this, how did then do you feel like you're showing up as a spouse? And do you see any similarities in how you react and respond and treat your spouse in comparison to how maybe your mom or your dad did? So I think that's what's so important is not only is it best for the kids because it makes them feel secure, but it teaches them how to be in a relationship. Think about it. Your whole first 20 years of life, probably the main people that teach you how to be in a marriage, in a relationship, are probably your parents. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. Seriously, that is is a good point that it's kind of one of those simple things like, oh, yeah, you're right. Literally, all we know is all we see and all we're conditioned to. and, And we talk about that all the time, but it's the truth. And then now we have so many other variables against us with with the incredible amount of overstimulation of technology and and divisiveness in our country. You, just so many things right now that are ruining relationships in general. That are vying for our attention. Yeah. Exactly. And the one thing, well, here's the other thing. This leads me into point number two. So the reason number two, kids grow up, you guys. Kids grow up. And we've talked about this before, but if you haven't, if this is your first time hearing us, hear me out. Our kids, if we are doing our job correctly, are supposed to be raised to go and grow up and get out of the house and live their own lives and hopefully get married and give us all the grandbabies and all that fun stuff. Unless you want your kid to stay in your house forever. Which is, I mean, here here comes Blunt Chris, right? If we want our kids to stay in the home forever, then that's selfish love. That's selfish love. Because you're living out something that you're missing through the love yes. that you're getting from your, it's not fair and, for your kid, honestly. And we're subconsciously robbing our kid. And mm-hmm. even if you say you don't wish your kid to stay home or whatever, the way we are raising our kids, we're speaking to ourselves too, the way we're raising our kids points in the direction of what they're going to do with their lives, all that stuff, right? It actually has a huge influence on whether they will. whether they will stay home. So I I mean, a little rant to understand. Yeah. Our kids grow up, but 
along the way, like, goodness, we have to realize we have to be so selfless with our kids from a, from a love perspective. Which can be confusing because you're like, what? I mean, it's selfish for me to not put all my all into my kids. It's selfish. You know, I brought them into this world and, and they need me and yada, yada, which is true. But I think there's a misconception here that if your spouse comes first, that your kids are neglected. Or if your kids come first, your spouse is neglected. Like either argument, nobody should be neglected. Our kids still get plenty of love and attention and everything from us. Here's an example of how we come first. If Chris and I are having a conversation and they want to interrupt us, we don't let them. We we look at them. I mean, this is a constant repetitive thing because yes. they're little and they're still learning. But we make it very clear to them that our conversation and what Chris has to say, uh, what daddy has to say to me, that is what's important first. I yeah. need to have my conversation with Chris. Then I will turn to you, which I think in general, we don't want them in interrupting adult interrupting right. conversations anyways but right. that's one way that we show them nope nope because if i would just interrupt chris and turn to them it's showing them what daddy has to say is yes. not as important or that i don't necessarily respect him and that's yes. something that they wouldn't think of until they were older but yes absolutely and i think i think the really big piece of that is we have to understand, you know, we're at work all day, we're stressed, we have we have all these things happening. And then when we want to have a conversation with our spouse, or we want to just say something really quick. And the kid chimes in to say, like, mom, 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 get me more this, get me more that, blah, 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 blah. Right? Like, it almost creates a sense of resentment. Like, shut up. Like, I just freaking want to talk. Like, I just want to say something. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we also have to be smart and realize like, we can't have a majorly, incredibly deep conversation around the kids and the chaos. We've learned that. Uh, and we, we definitely see when we are and aren't doing that because it brings a lot of stress. But yes, a massive piece of spouse over kids is like the kids know our conversation comes first. A second piece of the puzzle for us is uh, is the is the support of not undermining, right? Not not undermining. Um, for instance, I remember when I was a kid, like. My mom was a little more of the pushover. So if I if I were to ask my my dad for something for us, which I wouldn't, but if I, I were to ask my dad first and he said no, it would be much easier to go to my mom and kind of break her down. The kids have tried that on us, but they know. Like if I say no, Shauna means no. If Shauna says no, I mean no. Here's something that's important about that is we might not always agree. We, I might not always agree with what Chris is saying no to or, or I'm saying no to or yes to or whatever. But the point is the kids don't know that we don't agree on that topic because it is a form of undermining. It's showing them, wait a second, mom and dad aren't a team if I can play them against each other here. And I think that's something that's super important. It's something we still we're not perfect at. We're not. One no. of my one of my weaknesses is tell them, babe. <laughs> not I try really hard not to undermine Chris. One of my weaknesses, though, is coming in when he is maybe disciplining the kids or something because my mama bear instinct yes, comes in because I'm the one who primarily is spends the most time with them. Obviously, so I just <laughs> hello Ledger. I discipline them the most. I take I. I know what they need and when they need it a, a lot more, which I feel like a lot of moms kind of just inherently are that way. So if Chris steps in 
and tries to handle it in a way that I would not have handled it. And I'm not saying like beating our kid or anything like that, just literally just something different than what I want. Or maybe he gets more upset about something than I would get upset or just seeing somebody else, even though he's my spouse, get upset, even if it's the same as me, it's harder to not say something. Yes. And it instantly makes me feel disrespected. And that is, and that is really hard when as a guy, you're constantly fighting the, the negative mind shadow in your head of like, well, do I just like show up and, you know, provide and I'm the one who makes the money and whatnot. And I have no say over these kids because, and in this day and age, fathers are spending more time with their kids and stuff, but truly it still is something that's very hard. And so when you have that feeling and then you feel undermined or you feel challenged in front of the kids can really freaking irritate you. Yeah. Which big time. I need to be clear though. I've so upon this is something we have practiced for a long time. This is something we talk about all the time, the whole spouse over kids concept. But I still like to look up different articles, different viewpoints whenever um we're preparing for a show. And I did see an article that I clicked on that said, here's when you should always put your kids before your spouse. I was like, huh, I wonder what what their argument could be. And it was in the case of physical abuse. And I feel like that's something important to say. Like there is that would be a point that I think it would be okay to to intervene or something. I don't know how to safely do that. I'm not um right a professional in that area. But right. I still I don't know. I think that's important. I don't know. I feel like no. I feel is, like you have to have like a disclaimer for everything because people could take anything and take it and yes, turn it into something. Cancel culture. Cancel us. <laughs> don't get me started on cancel culture anyway. right now. Anyways, <laughs> well, that well, is a form. Undermining is a form of. It's fine. Go ahead. Putting your kids second. You just what? What? I wasn't undermining you. You just had you a lot of caffeine, me. and so I was trying to say one thing, and I couldn't. But it's okay. See, now we're fighting on air. What yeah, just now happened? I'm aggravated. Oh, now John's mad. I'm going to put the kids She's first. going to be taken. Okay. We're done. No more of those pillars. All right. <laughs> what are those again? <laughs> right. Uh, do, uh. No. Okay. So, again, practically speaking, from number two, when we're talking about the reasons, right? Re- reason number one was it's best for the kids, right? We talked about the, the them being secure. We talked about you know, teaching them how to be in a relationship because it's all that they know, which is a great point. And then when it comes to kids growing up, right, they're going to be gone. And so we have to remember as we close this point out here, it's okay, let's take ourselves to that place. Fast forward time, however old your kids are. Kids go off to college, right? Your last is your last is leaving the house, whether it's college or work or whatever. Obviously, there's arguments around that. Um, but the kids are out of the house. Now if what? everything ended tomorrow where your kids are no longer in the home, what type of relationship do you have with your spouse? Me and John will ask ourselves the same question. If we had no kids at home starting tomorrow, right? Our kids were older and grown. Where do we go from here, right? And so a lot of people we've seen, again, this is where we're getting a lot of our data here. Success leaves clues and then failure leaves clues too. We see people just stare at each other like, I don't don't know what to do. We just put everything into this kid. We just put everything into our kids. And we thought that we were loving our kids together. And and in turn, we were loving each other. But the truth is, we missed out. Well, we've talked about this before, the empty nest syndrome. It's happening so bad for a reason. I think that we have to remember when you get married, 
you grow over the years with your kids growing up, you grow up, right? Like I remember being a kid and thinking my mom at 32 was so grown, like so old. Listen, that's my point. Lola, our first and I are the same age difference as my mom and I. So thinking back to being five, my mom being like 32 and thinking she's so old and grown, like she's never changed since then. I'm like, no, she's grown up since 32. Now here I am 32. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the point being though, is like we grow up too. the kids grow up and we grow up. But if we aren't growing up together as spouses, as a team, then we, there's no wonder that so many marriages fall apart after the kids leave because you didn't grow together. You didn't learn who the person, what you're not the same person you married. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's not, you guys aren't going to be the same people. Absolutely. And that completely segues into number three. And that is the fact that and I think this is the reason, because again, we we can talk about the motivation of saying like, well, I'll do it for the kids. I'll start there. And that's fine. Right. And then we can talk about how, well, I guess, I guess our kids are going to grow up. You're not wrong about that. Right. And you knowing that we shouldn't keep our kids at home. <laughs> and number three is the top reason. And that is we truly are able to become one, just like our wedding vows. Right. Our wedding vows are like, look, these people are coming together as one, right? And I got to be honest, when I was 22 saying those vows, I was just like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't believing what I was saying, right? It's almost like your vows don't become real until way later on when you feel the pain of, of the things to come, right? Or you work through adversity. Just, yeah, so just the trials of marriage in general. Yeah. I remember a day specifically that we were like, whoa, we're actually living our vows out right now. Yes. Like we didn't get what that meant. Like you don't get it whenever you say, oh yeah, marriage is hard. Yeah. Okay, Janet. Sure. Marriage is hard. I'm sure we'll argue sometimes and right. whatever. And then you go through the hard and the, and the for better, for worse, the sickness and health stuff. And you're like, whoa, I get it now, now. I get it. So yeah, <laughs> but like the goal of that should be to bring you together. Like I, we've said this before, but like I actually, we've welcomed we're thankful for at least the trials that we've gone through in our marriage because that has formed us closer to being one better team, better um, couple. I mean, yeah, well now we're, we're better equipped to deal with crazy adversity. It's like, what you like, you mean like a virus and or a pandemic and four kids and an expensive house and yeah, right. Right. I mean, truthfully, I think you said it earlier before we started recording, you were, you were kind of looking at some stuff, but it's like some of the top five reasons people would leave each other or people would want to seek a relationship is, oh, I want a, I want a family, right? And then others would be like, yeah, well, I really want financial security. I want it. Money pulls people apart, right? Sex pulls people apart. Money pulls people apart. Uh, and truthfully, those have been areas of our lives that have been like a roller coaster, right? It's been up, it's been down. It's been up and it's been down. And the downs have been so bad, you know, and the ups have been great, but truthfully, we now realize because we are one and we, and we can truly say we are one and, and there, there's just nothing off limits within our conversations, right? It's no matter how uncomfortable it is, I can come to you and just talk about the most ridiculous things and you can come to me and talk about the most ridiculous things, but it doesn't happen overnight, right? No. It happens from, again, I, I've been saying a lot lately, just building the evidence of like, hey, we are one. And how do we do that? We put our spouse over our kids because truly our kids, it sounds bad. So don't take it wrong. Our kids are the only variable um, 
deterrent rather, which is even even stronger word. Our kids are the only deterrent that are in the way of us really becoming one because it's so easy to pour everything into them and feel like we're loving each other, but we're not. Well, especially at this stage, if you have little kids, because they, I mean, you still have to meet their most basic needs. Right. So becoming one becomes that much more challenging and mean, means that you have to be that much more intentional. We're guilty of it too. It's so easy. And if you listen to episode 64, where we're talking about mental health and stuff. It's so easy to start to drift apart and just put our heads down and do like, you know, our jobs. And then the only conversations that we have revolve around our jobs. And when all the restaurants and stuff are closed down, and everybody's scared to touch each other or babysit our kids mm-hmm. or anything. Like we're not going on dates and doing these things that we know are important for our for nurturing our marriage and mm-hmm. putting each other first and it ends up being it, this just kind of hit me it ends up becoming it's like we're we're searching for something so we usually fall into something selfish it's like ah what what can i do to take care of myself right and then infidelity happens right or or attention from somebody else and i feel like a lot of infidelity comes from comes from like yeah it's fine she freaking puts the kids first or it's fine you know what she wouldn't even they he, won't notice anyways because yeah, he he is you know just so concerned with work it doesn't matter and you've been there before right uh and you've you've been there where you've been like look it wouldn't even matter at at this point and so we we're speaking from experience here of i'm not insinuating you've been there from an infidelity perspective but you have been there i was like that's gonna sound like i cheated no you have been there from a like you know what like wouldn't even matter if chris left me yeah you know Oh yeah, I totally went through a numb stage where I was just like, "What? Yeah. I mean, what? Who cares? I've got these kids." Yeah, but that's because that's because we're so present-minded, and you're so caught up with the chaos that is little kids. That it is hard to even wrap my head around that they are going to grow up. They are. They are going to grow up, and they're. It's already happening. I think about how one of the reasons why it was so offensive to me to think about putting Chris over our first Lola was because you know just a sweet little baby who looks at me so sweet and loves me, blah, blah, blah. Well, now she's five and like tells me on a daily basis how mean I am. And so it's easier to just be like, okay, you, you go, like, but you know what I mean? Like teenagers, they grow up, they start to not like you. And I think that's why so many people have such a hard time with that Mm -hmm. is because like we've talked about in other episodes, like you, that's been your identity. Mm -hmm. Something else I want to bring up from a spouse of a kid's perspective that, that we have not, We've not fully been engulfed in these waters just yet, but it's something we've had a conversation about to try to be proactive about. And that is that, you know, we always see it's like, okay, soccer practice, football practice, baseball practice, dance, this, like there are all these things and activities our kids are in. The point where we have, we're high-fiving and like passing each other by because it's so busy. I know that might not be super relevant at the moment with COVID and everything, but in our normal lives, that that's how a lot of people live, right? When your kids get to a certain age of involvement, and it's not bad to involve our kids. And trust me, I, I want our kids to have a wide array of skills and try things. But I think we we have a super big challenge in front of us. Our kids are close together. We have four of them. So I'm thinking that it's going to be pretty detrimental for our marriage uh, and for our kids to see our marriage in a bad place, in a stressful, anxious place. If our kids are all in three things, you know, and there's 12 different places to go and we're gone 15 hours a day. And if we love that and we do that together and it's time to bond and that's what we decide, then that's what we're going to do. But it's definitely something I've seen. It looks like it's pulling people apart. 
Uh, and I know I want to be careful of from a spouse over kids perspective. That's smart. So if you're in the stage just ahead of us. Yeah. Let us know if it's maybe it's something that you're like, yeah, that's happening to us. And yeah, it's terrible. We're not seeing each other. And yeah, I want my kids to be in stuff and be involved. But truthfully, it's like, oh, wow. you still got the expense of what? Right. That's what I say. You still got to check and communicate and see what it's going to cost you. I mean, everything has yeah. a. Everything has a cost, especially when it involves time. Everything has a cost. Let's uh, so so we've dove into the defensive person who's like, "Whoa, hang on," and I think you've spoken well to that. Uh, I think we've practically broken down for people like, "Hey, look, look, this is about our kids. Our kids are going to grow up anyway, and this is the best way to become one." So w- let's talk about the person who might be like, "Yeah, that's that's a pretty good idea." Um, just not really sure where to start. Even though we've given you some examples, um, somebody might just be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not sure where to start. I think the best way to start is simply to ask yourself, start being more mindful of saying, what can I do for my spouse today? What What is going to make them happy? What is going to support them? What is going to show them I love them? What can I do to put them first and make them feel that they're appreciated, cared for, loved, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. And to even go backwards a little bit from that, I feel like what I would do is is I, maybe there's someone out there who's like, you know, I want to want to, right? I think that happens a lot if we're honest with ourselves. Sure. I want to want to. It but sounds good in just, theory, but I don't feel like it. Yeah, like I'm, ugh, I just kind of want to coast here. I don't, I don't feel I like it. I got a lot on my plate which, already. Which look, no judgment. Let's just be real, right? That could be what you're thinking. I think maybe what I would do just from a coaching perspective here is I would ask myself something like, well, like how are we currently connecting? Is that, is that good enough in regards to something again, we'd wish on our kids? Is it currently what we want for our future at, at, at this rate? What's the trajectory of our connection level? What's the trajectory of how vulnerable we can be with one another? Um, you know, just our overall interactions and how we speak to one another. Like if we keep going, like we're going currently. Yeah. yeah. What's going to happen? happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think and that's motivate you. So, okay. Then what about the person who's like, sounds good in theory, but I can't like my spouse doesn't deserve to be ahead of my kids. Like they're not, they don't give me what I need. Why should I, why should I put them first kind of thing? What about that person? I mean, uh, well, our show is called grow yourself, grow your marriage for a reason. You know, I think, I think that's an element. It's like, we have control of how we react to the situations, but not necessarily the things that happen. Right. Right. And so that's a tough one, but I feel like if we can, if we can at least do what we're supposed to do on our end, like the movie fireproof, right? Super corny acting on it, but really cool concept. If you guys haven't seen fireproof, uh, Kirk Cameron's in it again, it's really freaking corny, but it's a very good story. And basically it's like his wife's given up on him and, um, and she's not putting any effort into the marriage anymore because he blew it, right? And then he spends basically the whole movie just like totally, totally trying his very best to to not not win her back, but just love her for the first time. Well, let me speak to that. I think that I think there's this misconception that you get married and like you it's like a 50 50. You only give what you're getting or it's so you're happy all the time. And if you're not happy, you don't have to, or whatever they're doing this. So I'm going to do this kind of thing. And it's my belief that it's our belief that when you get married, you're getting married again, you say in your vows, you might not have got it. You might not have understood what that meant, 
better or for worse. It's not this, um, Oh, what's what you threw me off of the fireproof. Cause now Sorry. I'm thinking about fireproof and there's a book and whatever, but it, it's, it's okay. We all have to think. I know, but my brain just completely like went, Sorry. I had like a very good point here. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah. No, nope. It was important. It, the well, people needed to hear. Just stop me and I'll immediately shut up when you have it. Right. You good with that? We'll do that. No, I just, I'll just, I'll just wrap it up. What what it was is basically that you have to still love your spouse, even when they're being unlovable. You signed up for life. You didn't sign up for just if they're it, just only if they're doing this, if you pick this person and you chose them for life, don't, don't use this, like get out of jail, easy card here. Like, you know what I mean? Do. Oh, I know. I know. I got it. Okay. Okay, Also. And also. Two, unless it's in real math, I'm not good at real math, but I do know in real math, two negatives make a positive. But in life, two negatives do not make a positive. If your spouse isn't trying and you're not trying, where's your relationship going to go? Nice. It's not going to go anywhere, right? That was solid. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So (laughs) even I hear you, if your husband isn't trying or if your wife isn't trying, if if you don't feel like they deserve to be put first right now and you both continue to not try. Where's it going to go? So if nothing else, if you start being the one to show love and just invest in yourself, like we say in our show, grow yourself, mm-hmm. fill yourself up, and you start to be the one to to live out your vows. I don't think people take vows very seriously anymore. Vows no. are very important. but Well, that's because divorce is so easy. That's what I mean. So if you do that, it's not going to hurt anything. It'll still be better. No, you're you're absolutely – that's a super good point. Thank you, you very much. You it took me like 10 minutes to get it out. It, but I will. I like it, and uh, and I think, am I losing my trans? No, I hope <laughs> oh not. my oh gosh! Boy, hang on, I don't want to waste people's time here. Um, that was a good point. I feel like I had something to. I said two negatives to are that. not going to go anywhere if you just keep going that way. So yeah. at least you. Can well, do. yeah. Okay, so here's the other thing we have to understand. It's like maybe you're fearful to make that change. Oh, and be cause, rejected. Cause, yeah, because there's that rejection. There's the there's maybe the lethargic spouse who's like, mm, yeah, okay. And like it hurts you because you want to make that change, but they're just not the type of person, right? Well, there's 100% chance nothing will change if you don't have that conversation. Right. If that person's not someone who's usually prone to, I wouldn't say conflict, but just kind of going a little deeper, then there's a 100% chance nothing will change. So you just have to ask yourself, well, is that what does my future look like if I don't have this conversation? At least try. So that's kind of how I wanted to wrap that piece up. Well, if you need help with that, episode seven, we talk about oh. uh, why you need to have uncomfortable yes, conversations. Why? And then eight is how to have uncomfortable conversations, which was, which is a pretty solid framework. Uh, and th- so the other person that may be listening to this, you know. We talked defensive. We talked, yeah, I want to want to. I don't know. And hopefully just asking yourself, well, what does the future look like if you don't is something that would motivate. Um, the other person might be like, this is, yeah, I needed this. Kind of kind of like the person who wrote in and was like, why didn't we think of this, right? right? Um, so maybe you're looking for like a very concrete action step you're, and you're excited about this and you're like, yes, like I need to do this. What do I do? All right, I'll tell them. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So, you, you, I can't read your writing. Oh, sorry. Well, how? Ask your spouse. How? 
you can put them over the kids. Was I going that too slow? Painful. There? That was painful. <laughs> to try. Can you? <laughs> Come on, say okay. it. You can do it. Okay. How? <laughs> Ask your spouse how you can put them over the kids because it looks different in every way. True. It may say something that someone like we said. They may say something totally off the wall that's like way easy. Like, okay, cool. I'll I'll do that. You know. Um. But may just asking them that question if you're excited about this is like a very simple way to start because uh, first off who who doesn't want to be asked how how can i serve you how can yeah, i how can i well, do more well i think it'll you? just get the ball rolling with conversation that you maybe wouldn't have thought to have in the midst of craziness i know that's how a lot of growth in our marriages happen by just asking each other random questions actually i'm pretty sure that's what you said to me when we were living at our old place and you're like what what can i do you do it randomly sometimes like hey what can i do to help you today or to make it better to whatever and that always makes that just the question alone hopefully you follow through but just the question alone makes you feel okay i'm seen i'm appreciated he wants yeah. to make me happy or help me or love me or whatever yeah heck yeah man heck yeah man heck yeah so so i don't know wrap it up in a pretty bow here's why we put each other over our kids and here's how why we think you should too number one it is absolutely best for our kids in the long run number two the kids they grow up they're going to leave you have to learn to love and live with each other with or without the children they grow up yeah it's just the facts cold hard truth and number three the most important because we've seen this take place is you truly do become one, when your kids know, your friends know, your hobbies know, your everything knows that, okay, it's Chris and Jonna against the world. You know, it's like, cool. Yeah, like, your Xbox you are was so one. ticked it just like ditched out of I here. I know, my Xbox sold got sold to like a 13-year-old at a garage sale. <laughs> to sound funny, I like your hobbies, and I'm like, yeah, your I Xbox. I still miss it. I do feel like I need a disclaimer that I already kind of said it, like, this doesn't mean we don't love our children, that we neglect our children's attention. Yeah. I mean, they are hanging out by themselves right now, serving themselves snacks as we try to record this. But once again, it's because we don't have a babysitter. It's so love, dude. It's love. It's love. We're giving them their free time. They got to be independent. Yeah. I mean, look, if you were a fly on the wall in our house, you know what? Let's just wrap it up this way. I don't even think it's the actions as much as it is like, you know, and I know, right? Um, the actions build the evidence and they're important when they're supposed to be like when there's an opportunity, it's happening. Right. But it's not like John wakes up every morning and says, what can I make you for breakfast, Chris? And then like just leaves the kids to fend for themselves. Right. It's not, you know, it, it's not like we're neglecting our kids. It's just at the heart of who we are as a couple. We know that we are living this life together for you know, to 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 raise these tiny humans to be to be loving, amazing people, mm-hmm. and understanding that there will be a detachment at some point in life doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? But there there will be a, a detachment where they go off and they go and they go build their own lives and they know right from wrong. Hopefully, right? And hopefully, we've equipped them by showing them. Exactly. So you have to really like. But we're building everything for our future. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I think some people go, but. But again, if you if you don't just focus on the present little squishy face, little little sweethearts, and you think about them, I mean, the, the future has to happen. We can't stop time. We yeah. can't stop time. So yeah. no matter what your motivator here is to get into this idea, understand 
it really, I truly believe with all my heart, it is what is mm-hmm. best for your marriage and for your life. Yeah. And for kids and for in the future, kids. because again, depending on how old you are now, look at your parents right now. I mean, look, all we need in this phase of life is for our parents to be happy. Right. And it's hard and it taxes us and it's hard on us later on in life. So don't think that we won't become a burden on our kids later on in life because our relationship True. sucks because we put so much into them. True. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know where that came from. Just boom, just like (laughs) dropping the bomb here. Yeah. So that's why we are living our future in that way. Spouse over kids, man, for life. (laughs) For life. For life. I feel like that was like a screening. I feel like they got Lena out of her crib. Yeah. I hear her. I feel like the kids are going to come barging in, so we should wrap this one up. Yeah. So um, I feel like that's that's it. That's what we hope you understand our hearts and where we're coming from. And at the end of the day, we just want to help you, whoever's listening right now, whoever needed to hear that today, like, we just want to help you. We just want you to learn from what we've learned from and what's truly, truly improved our marriage tenfold. And um, I hope that if this episode brought you value, you'll go and share it with another couple, share it with your husband or wife, maybe Um, share with somebody who also needs to have this epiphany so that they can begin to work on their Marriage. Yeah. Heck yeah. Love it. Heck yeah. I love when you say Why do you yeah. make fun of me for saying heck Cause yeah? Because it's, it's so... Heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. All well, right. if I say the other words, then I have to go in there and put it explicit on the podcast. Explicit. Right. Okay. Anyway. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.